Hello and welcome to today's episode of The Quad Shot, where we help you down and digest the day's most pertinent cancer news. It's February 24th, 2020. Welcome to The Quadcast. Before we dive into this past week's most pertinent cancer news, we have an opportunity to reflect on the fact that earlier this month, on February 2nd, at halftime of the Super Bowl, the world was reminded of one crucial fact. Hips don't lie. So it seems fitting that our first story is that hippos don't lie either. Whole brain radiation is effective at preventing progression of brain metastases, but some question the net benefit if patients still experience neurocognitive decline from the treatment itself. In NRG CC001, over 500 patients with brain metastases that were greater than 5 millimeters from the hippocampi were randomized to standard whole brain radiation therapy or hippocampal avoidance whole brain with a primary endpoint of cognitive decline. All patients received memantine, which is a medication that blocks the NMDA receptor, whose excessive stimulation in dementia is thought to contribute to neurodegeneration. To quantify the primary endpoint, four cognitive tests were used and repeated two, four, six, and 12 months after radiation delivery. Time to cognitive failure was defined as a significant decrease in any one of the cognitive tests. Between two and four months, over half of patients in each arm had cognitive decline. For individual cognitive tests, there was no difference at two months, but then hippocampal avoidance whole brain gained an advantage in executive function at four months and in learning and memory at six months. Patients who had hippocampal avoidance whole brain reported less trouble remembering things and less speech difficulty at six months. As anticipated, there was no difference in intracranial progression or survival. Finally, median survival was only about six to seven months, so these denominators at various time points dropped pretty quickly. The bottom line is, the authors and editors are so bold as to conclude that hippocampal avoidance should now be the standard of care for patients with good performance status receiving whole brain radiation. We'll see what the payers think. Thanks to Brown et al. JCO 2020. Up second, smoke detector. Have you ever wanted an RTOG 0129 style wrist stratification for lung cancer? This novel retrospective study published in the Annals of Oncology 2020 by Gaynor et al. looks at the influence of smoking status on the prognostic power of pdl one expression. Among 315 patients with non-small cell lung cancer, with a PDL1 expression greater than 50% treated with upfront immune checkpoint inhibitor monotherapy across five academic institutions, 
we see that 75% were heavy smokers at greater than 10 pack years, 13% were light smokers at less than 10 pack years, and the other 11% were never smokers. Well, they at least admit to smoking less than 100 cigarettes ever. Now here's where the results may surprise you. The objective response rate was 40% among heavy or light smokers versus only about one quarter of never smokers. What's more, the median durations of response were 18, 11, and seven months for heavy, light, and never smokers. And finally, median progression-free survival followed a similar trend with a median of greater than five, four, and three months, respectively. Interestingly, this is in line with subgroup analyses of larger randomized trials, such as Keynote 42, that demonstrated no improvement in overall survival with pembrolizumab among never smokers, even those with PDL1 expression levels greater than 50%. The bottom line is smoking status may need to be factored into the decision on when to add chemo for non small cell lung cancer with higher PDL1 expression, as never smokers appear to derive less of a benefit from immune checkpoint inhibition as monotherapy. Up next, multiple choice. As our sophistication for treating multiple brain metastases has increased over the past decade, so has the time from patient presentation to beam on. Let's take a look at a couple of tech companies with eight-digit annual revenues, Varian and BrainLab, as they each have developed software to deliver radiation treatment to multiple metastases using a single isocenter, limiting patient time on the table, and automated planning software, limiting time from simulation to treatment. This practical study, published in Advances in Radiation Oncology 2020 by Lou et al., compares plan quality between two multiple MET radiosurgery planning platforms, Varian's RapidArc, as used at UAB, and BrainLab's multiple metastases element, as used at Thomas Jefferson. Both institutions employ automated planning software that generates plans within 20 to 30 minutes, and both treat on machines with high-definition MLCs. Across 217 evaluated metastases, the conformity index was slightly more favorable with RapidArc when compared to MME at 1.21 versus 1.38. The volume of brain receiving 12 and 8 gray was lower with RapidArc, but the volume receiving 5 gray and mean brain dose was lower with MME. Finally, RapidArc occupies slightly less time on the schedule with average BMON times of 3 to 4 minutes, with a median of 4 table positions, as compared to 6 to 9 minutes and 5 positions with MME. The bottom line is, RapidArc achieves excellent conformity at high-dose levels, while MME achieves slightly more conformal low-dose levels, but either choice can be a big help in streamlining your machine schedule.
Up next, breast BRT. When it comes to accelerated treatment schedules for breast cancer, it can't get any faster than one fraction. Well, unless you're talking about a flash fraction. Single fraction accelerated partial breast irradiation has largely come in the form of intraop radiation. However, intraop radiation wasn't an option on the big APBI trials. And furthermore, there's this whole ordeal of having to have an intraop device. Plus, concern does exist over higher rates of tumor recurrence. We've seen it done pre-op, and now we have an early phase study of single fraction external beam APBI for women greater than 50 years of age with T1 breast cancer or in situ disease if they're node negative after lumpectomy. As published by Kennedy et al. in the Red Journal 2020, we see that the cavity was prescribed a minimum of 15 gray in one fraction with a max dose of 22 gray, while the one centimeter expansion received a minimum of five gray. In an interesting technological juxtaposition, most patients were treated with a cobalt-60 based unit with MRI guidance. At a median follow-up of just over two years, among the 50 patients enrolled, one or 2% developed an ipsilateral breast tumor recurrence, which was actually a new in situ lesion in a different quadrant. Another developed an isolated axillary recurrence. Importantly, there were no grade three plus toxicity events. One third of patients had grade one skin erythema and an eyebrow raising 100% had good to excellent cosmesis. The bottom line is, you heard it here first, Single fraction external beam breast BRT using MRI guidance is on its way to larger trials. Up next, quick dip. Startling downward trends in the use of curative brachytherapy for GYN cancers throughout the early 2000s has led to social media campaigns and even self-reflections on our economics and educational priorities. But fear not, this updated NCDV analysis, as published in Gynecologic Oncology 2020 by Shad et al., confirms a dip from 2008 to 2010, but also a compensatory rise from 2011 to 2014. Up next, why wait? Why wait to start immune checkpoint inhibition for advanced non-small cell lung cancer? This inevitable because your value map can't expect to corner the market forever. Phase one trial reports the quote-unquote tolerability of adding pembrolizumab to upfront chemo radiation for stage three non-small cell lung cancer as published in JAMA Oncology 2020 by Jabor et al. Finally, blast off. Radiation oncologists in the U.S. could learn a thing or two about PR from their Aussie colleagues. Take a look at our February 18th newsletter 
where you can check out the headlines that these Aussie radiation oncologists generate when treating cardiac arrhythmias with ablative radiation. And I quote, A radiation blast has rebooted a man's heart in an Australia first operation. Here, we see radiation described as a blast of life. Harold Sun, 2020. This concludes today's episode of The Quad Shot. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving us a five-star rating and subscribing to our podcast. Also, check out our website at www.quadshotnews.com and subscribe to our newsletter. We'll catch you next time.